I hope you're doing well. I hope you had an amazing, wonderful week. This week's shir is sponsored by Dr. Glenn Lepore of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Le'ulah Nishmas, his mother, Mrs. Sylvia Lepore. Simal Basiz Chalkyakov. May your neshama have an aliyah. May she be in Militz for her entire family. We'd like to thank our corporate sponsors, the Hassan's Also Law Firm, Bluestone Brokerage, and Meridian Senior Health. For future dedications, to sponsor a publication and the podcast, please reach out to 845 367 2959. I just heard an incredible story from Mr. Charlie Harari. This is a story of a lady in Eretz who was childless for many, many years. Desperate for a solution, she sought guidance from the esteemed breast of her mashpia, Reb Shalom Arush, and she poured her heart out to him. And she told the Rebbe, she said, I'll do anything if you can help me have a child. And Reb Shalom responded, I'd be happy to help you. I think it's possible but whatever I'm going to suggest, I know you won't be able to accept the challenge. I know it will not be possible for you to adhere to. Undeterred, the lady said, Rebbe, I'll do anything, any segula, any schos that you have. Of course I'm going to listen. I'll do anything to have a child. And again, Rebbe Shalom cautioned, I can help, but it's going to require a level of commitment, a resilience that's probably going to be difficult for you to uphold. And once again, the lady said, Rebbe, I'm going to do anything to have a child. Please let me know what I have to do. And Abshalom told her, here's what you have to do. Every single day, express gratitude from the depth of your heart for not having children. The woman was taken aback. She said, what? How can it be, Rebbe? I'm here. I'm crying my heart out to you. I'm crying bitter tears of anguish of pain, of loneliness. How could it be that I can authentically go to Hashem and thank Him for not having children? This is my exact issue. And Amshalom said, I told you, I don't think you're going to be able to adhere to my advice. Nevertheless, the lady was determined to do anything and she left the Rebbe's office. She went home, she pondered what the Rebbe had prescribed. Every day, she would think to herself, thank you Hashem that I don't have children. Words that she never thought she would be able to utter. She would never be able to authentically express. Yet after a while, after a few days, after a few weeks, she came to that level of really thanking Hashem for this exact issue, for the loneliness, for the darkness, for the years of pain, of agony, of not having children. And she said, Thank you, Hashem, for not having children. One year later, Rabbi Shalom Arush was called to be the sandik at the bris of this lady's baby boy. At first glance, while hearing this story for the first time, it sounds like an unbelievable, miraculous nace that occurred. She went to the Rebbe, the Rebbe gave her Musr, guidance, hadracha, to listen to, and she did it and she had a baby. But the details, if you think about it, this exact bizarre sounding this unconventional prescription of bitachon, of hadracha, needs clarification. What did the Rebbe want? Why did she have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for not having children? I think we can answer based on this parsha, and the side that we're going to explain doesn't only apply exclusively to this lady and her predicament with children, but as we'll see, it applies to all aspects and everything we encounter in life. Regarding HaKamas HaMishka on the building 
of the Mishkan. The Pasuk says, Hashem says to Meish Rabbeinu, Tell Klayisol to bring me gifts. You shall accept gifts from me, from every person whose heart is so moved. The Torah then continues and goes through all the various different materials that you should collect. Zav, Kesef, Nechayishis, Techeles, Agamon, etc., etc. Finally, at the end of eight Psukim, the Torah tells us what was the reason for all of this. Says the Pasuk, Pasuk Ches, Make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now the question is, as we know, rule number one in marketing is you get to the point, you cut to the chase as soon as possible. People have a very short attention span. People can't help cup. So if anything, the Torah should have said immediately, Dabra b'nei Yisrael, tell b'nei Yisrael, that we want to build a mishkan. We want to build a sanctuary. And everyone should give donations. And then the Torah should have said the long list, the seven psukim of the gold, the silver, tcheles, argaman. Why did the Torah do it in the reverse? Why did the Torah go on a long tangent of all the materials? And then it says at the end, almost as a side point, Agav, the reason for all this is that there should be a mikdash. All the Mephashim asked this question. Seemingly, the Torah is out of order. Rav Shmuel Burmam explains, the late Rosh Hashiva of the Mir of Brooklyn, he says that through this delay, postponing the revelation of the bottom line, of the mission statement, that the point of this collection was for the Mishkan, the Torah is conveying to us a timeless message, which is that in any pursuit of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, of Hashem, seeking His divinity and presence, aiming to create a dir b'tachtoinim, as Chazal call it, a dwelling place in the lower world, which was the primary function of the Mishkan. This is only possible when the purpose is, as Rashi writes, it's li, lishmi. When the pursuit is solely for Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's pure, there's no other intentions, it's only ach virak for Kaddish Baruch Hu, and for the sake of connecting, for being miskasher, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, says Reb Shmuel, if Ka'alisa would have known the intention, the reason for the collection, which was to build a house, a makam dira for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and for the Shekhinah, that would have detracted from the purity of the cause because it wouldn't have been considered solely for Hashem. Aye, what do you mean? It was to build Hashem's house? So we can understand with a mundane marshal, a builder who builds a house, builds a massive mansion, beautiful mansion, for wealthy man. But the build himself lives in a regular, humble house. Every time the builder is going to go by this mansion, there's going to be a self-gratification, a good feeling. His heart's going to swell. Ah! He's going to tell his wife, his kids, he's going to tell his friends, look at this massive, beautiful edifice I've built. That's the natural feeling when you build something beautiful, when you build something grand. And the same thing would have been for Klausel, when they would have built this beautiful abode, this Mishkan for Hashem, and they would have known that that was the purpose, to build this beautiful encasement, to hold Hashem's Shekhinah, to build the Dir B'tachtoinim. The fact that they would have had Hanah, they would have had gratification, satisfaction from saying, oh, look what we built. Even though it was for Hashem, that would have taken away from the purity of the endeavor. And therefore, when collecting for the Mishkan, Moshe was confined in how he was able to present it to Klaisal. And he had to start with a straightforward directive. Rabbi we're going to Vichuliv Chuma. We're going to collect tithes from all of you. You're going to give gold, silver, and then the next seven psukim of other materials. And only at the end was Maishra Rabbeinu able to reveal to them the reason 
for the collection, which was to make a mishkan, to make a dir betachtonim for Kaddish Baruch because that was taka, a side point. The main thing was that we're doing Ratzon Hashem. Hashem wants us to make this collection, and that's what we're doing. It happens to be, we're also going to have a dir betachtonim, we're going to have Hashem's presence in this world, and it's going to be great. But the actual giving, in order to create that connection with Hashem in this world, that only comes when there's only a pure bikush, a pure desire only for Hashem, with no other intention, with no ulterior motives involved. Going back to the story we began with, with the lady who didn't have any children, I can't say for sure, but I'd like to propose that although Rav Shalma Rush is definitely a makubal and a heliga yid, a heliga tzadik, and he's connected to the Kabbalistic spheres, to Torah and things that we can't comprehend and that we can't reach, but perhaps there was something much more basic and fundamental that he was telling this lady, which is what we just said, that any endeavor in Kedusha, any journey to connect with the Rabbani Shalom requires the full heart, requires self-sacrifice. Having children is the greatest kiyam, is the greatest connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Navi Shaya says, Hashem didn't create this world for it to be barren, to be fruitless. Hashem created it dafka in order to procreate. And we have children, we're being marbashchina, we're being marbamitzvahs. Those children will in Hashem learn Torah, they'll do mitzvahs, they'll do chesed. That's going to keep the world going. It's going to be mekayim, the world. Hashem created the world to learn Torah, to do all these things. So in essence, when we bring children into this world, we're fulfilling the tachlis hachayim, the tachlis habriah. There's no greater connection, there's no greater fulfillment. There's no greater satisfaction in Takadish Baruch Hu. There's no greater connection in Takadish Baruch Hu than this. And therefore, Rabbi Shalom Arush was telling this lady, you need to establish a connection. And that connection has to come through selflessness. It has to come with bittal. It has to come with self-nullification. And when you go and you say, thank you Hashem for not having children, when you're able to come to that level in a genuine, really comprehensive way and really understand that be makabalit. Through that, when you realize that Hashem is the one that's sending you the pekel, that Hashem is the one that's sending you this predicament, but you could thank Hashem for it, that's setting up the infrastructure. That's setting up, fulfilling the prerequisites to enable connection, to enable Kedusha, a Hebrew with a Kaddish Baruch in this world. Just like the Mishkan, where there had to be selflessness, there had to be giving up, there had to be a whole heart and no other ulterior motives involved. So too, within any endeavor, with having children, Rishalom told her, the only way it's going to happen is when you take out any ulterior motives, when you're ready for self-sacrifice, when you're ready to put your whole heart in and to thank Hashem for the problem itself. And then with that established, with that implemented, it's possible to have children. So while it could be that it was a Nevuah, it could be it was a Ruach HaKadosh, but perhaps based on the Pesukim itself, this Gadol, this Tzadik, was able to direct her, and Baruch Hashem, she miraculously merited children. Like we said, this Yisoy doesn't only apply to children, it doesn't only apply to that struggle. Hashem should help all those that are struggling with that. Please, Hashem. It applies to anything that we encounter, any hardship, anything that we want to grow, that we want to transcend, that we want to take it to the next level. When we want Hashem to enter our lives, when we want Hashem to guide our lives, when we want to have little mikdash ma'atz, we want to have our own personal mishkan. The only way to do it is when we self-sacrifice, when we give up. And the more we make room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Shekhinah, to guide our lives, the more it can come in, the more it can enter. But the more we stuff it 
with Tummah, with Averis, with distractions, the less room there is for Kaddish Baruch Hu. Deep down, we all want the Mishkan to lead our lives. We all want the Kedusha and the Torah to be the guiding light of our lives. Sometimes we get distracted, we fall off course, we lose balance, we fall off kilter. These things are normal, part of Yiddishkeit, part of the growth, part of the journey. But at the end of the day, after 120 Mitzvah we all want to be proud of the time we spent on this world. And the only way to really do that is when we have a constant connection with the Torah, with the light of Ruchnius, with the glow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shechina. And the only way to merit that is when we're willing to give up from ourselves, and especially during Shavivim, a time of work on our Kedusha and Yoni Kedusha Vitaro. It's a time to rethink, to reassess what do we need, what don't we need, what can we give up in order to make more room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. As we commence the parshias of the Mishkan, of the Mizbeach, of the Big Day Kehuna, in Yonah Kedusha, we will all tap into this and remind ourselves that we're able to bring all these chefts of Kedusha in our own lives, the Mishkan, the Mizbech, the Menorah, the Shulchan. We need them in our lives. We need them personally. And the only way we're going to merit them is when we make space, when we give up, self-sacrifice. He we should all be able to rise to those levels of realization of how much we need a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And when it comes to making the choices of giving up, it should be clear. You should have that clarity, that Yishev Adas, and make the right choices. Bring Nachas Ruach to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Live the lives that we really want to live. And Emir Tzashan to the Geula Bekarov. Amen. I thank each and every one of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos.